And uh, welcome once again, Swing Thought people, to another episode of the uh, premier mental performance program. Uh, my name's Humble Howard Glassman. I like to add the Glassman in case it's too weird for you. Along with the uh, mental performance coach to the stars, uh, Tim O'Connor. Um, say hi, because I think I muted your microphone. Good morning. Oh, there you are. It is, it is morning. Good to see your smiling face via Skype. I'm, I'm liking this thing. Yeah, me too. The uh, Well, it's good to see you. I, I like to do this face-to-face, but, uh, you know, Skype's... Um, Pretty good, actually, and, the, and I, I'm always fascinated by how good the quality is, not only of the uh, the video, which I'm going to, uh, and I'll leave it up, but uh, the audio is great. Tim O'Connor, a uh, very busy man these days, coaching uh, young and old, and of course, this program is brought to you by TaylorMade and Adidas. Uh, TaylorMade, the number one driver in golf. Tim and I, of course, are always uh, festooned in the finery of uh, Adidas. And uh, you look good. I feel great. Uh, Tim, let me just uh, get you in here to say hi to the kids. Good morning, people. Yes. Um, A friend of mine was saying, um, you guys just don't just talk about this tailor-made stuff. You you use it in all its various forms, including the, uh, the TP5 ball, which I just find is so soft. I just love that thing. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, <laughs> You know, it's funny because Cameron Jacobs was on our show a couple weeks ago, and they've been so good to us. But recently, and maybe we can talk a little bit uh, when we get into our club championship. uh, How did you phrase it? We had a preview. Well, you (laughs) called it a post view, but it's we're going to look back at a couple of uh, uh, club C's that we participated in. But but Cameron and Eric and uh, everyone at TaylorMade in Toronto was so good to me recently because I went there. I've been having some putting troubles. Yes, I put that in quotations. So I was just Why? like, I, I, I don't Why know. Why quotations? Is I don't it not know. data? What's your stats? What's your strokes gained or lost? Yeah, they should have a category for me. Strokes gained puking. <laughs> <laughs> on your shoes. On, on my shoes. Shirt. Anyway, I went and got fitted. I got fitted in it for a new putter. They yeah. do that. And uh, they were very patient with me because I brought in I'll, and I know this is not the same brand but they'll love this story I brought in an old Scotty Cameron of mine sometimes during the sh- you know when the show is over here at the Humble and Fred Studios I'll just take out a putter and start hitting putts downstairs while we're talking to things and I had this old putter and I'm like this feels great I'm <laughs> so, making everything I'm making everything and uh, so long story short I took that putter which I liked the way it felt the, the weighting of it and I said could you guys make something that feels like this and you know what they did Ah, oh, cool. What so? What uh, model? Um, you know, it's the it's the answer style. It's a it's a more traditional. Yep. It doesn't have the yep. mallet. I don't know. It's it's red. I don't know. It's not the spider, but anyway. And it's on. By the way, that tiger putter, the one that he's been using. Cameron said, forty eight hours after he put it in his bag a month ago, it sold out. Oh my gosh! It's like yeah. Jack in eighty six. Um, exactly. All right, let's get started. Uh, why don't you, because it's fresh in your mind, you just finished playing your Club C uh, just last weekend? Correct. Yep. So we're going to talk about that with Tim, and uh, then we'll tell you a little bit about mine, and then we're going to talk about this book I read that I think everyone should pick up. It's the, kid, the guy that coached uh, Francesco Molinari, uh, and the book is called The Pressure Principle, and if we have time, we'll talk a little bit about it and a couple of things you can take away. Over to you, sir. Yeah, I, I had my Club C... 
last weekend, and uh, I love the way they do it at uh, Blue Springs and lovely Acton, Ontario, which is obviously worth the drive. Uh, so it's uh, Friday for the championship flight and A flight. It's a Friday through Sunday stroke play event. And, you know, I, I could, with the amount of tournament golf which I play, which is practically zero, if I wanted to maybe have a shot, I would go in the A flight. But to me, it's more fun to play the championship flight. Uh, it just, this sounds very noble, but to me, there's lots of learning to be had when I play in that flight because uh, it's from the back tees, which is 69 and change, which is a healthy golf course. But also, I get to play against the full range of, of people there. And that's what I mean by full range is, yeah, playing, uh, playing against people, I could be their grandfather, for God's sake. <laughs> Not quite, but I, I get it. No, but on Sunday, I was paired with a 19-year-old and a 23-year-old. So it was like playing with you know, a kid from high school and uh, you know, a kid my, my son's age. And it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. And, oh, for me, there was, I also played with a guy who ended up winning it. I was so happy for, uh, we call him Little Tommy Nowak. He's a great guy. It, like, it was his, <laughs> when he, he actually won this year. I was so happy for him to win it. It was his 99th game of the year. I'm not sure his employer maybe knows that or not, but that's a lot of golf, eh? And and here I am, who's like, I've got like 19 scores in. I, I counted them. Mm-hmm. So I guess where I'm going with this is, um, so I was, he was a, the first day, he was 79. I was in 83 with some, eh, I didn't actually didn't play too badly. And I thought, hey, not bad to be four back, you know? And and I just thought, and when the thing was over, I thought, wow, to really compete in these things, I need to be under the gun more often. I need to be feeling the pressure of a tournament. And because I think that was a key difference maker. You know, I've been playing really well last few weeks, including like a, a little tidy 77 the day, you know, it's a good score for me uh, the day before. And so I had in thinking, Hey, I got this all together, right? <laughs> you know, typical <laughs> delusional thinking. Um, but when you tee it up in a club seat, everything is different. The body is different. All this, and so that you know, the, the the two foot putts that were like going in like nothing the day before, suddenly a little bit more challenging. So, you know, I could drone on a little bit more, but I think that piece around the amount of competition that you play in and that I experienced that if you really want to compete, move your game up to a higher level, you got to be subjecting yourself to tournament pressure. No, that's, that's great. Um, there was a young guy that won our club season and it's always the debate and it's been going on since you and I were their age, which is, you know, should the younger guys that, you know, don't have, you know, same responsibilities as men in their, you know, 40s, 50s, and 60s, should they be, should we all be playing in the same thing? And, and I, you know, I know, I know there was a few guys grumbling about that at our club championship, but the thing is, I play against these kids all the time. You know, I mean, I, that experience you've described, you know, I've talked about it here on Swing Thoughts where, you know, playing in the mid-am, you know, usually there's always some kid who's got his dad there, and his, yeah. da- his dad's the same age as me and you. And uh, once in a while, I'll get the old man pulling for me, like, yeah, good job, you know, a similar aged old guy. Exactly. Uh, 
And I think there's an argument either way, but it's nice to hear you say that you enjoyed the competition. I mean, really, uh, you know, I would tell you the same thing you would tell me. It's, you know, those situations, and we talked about it on our preview show, that uh, most people just, that's their first big tournament, maybe their only big tournament of the year, if you want to put that in quotations. They're all, they're all the same. I mean, none of us are doing this for a living. But we, you know, we our expectations might insidiously go up, even without us saying, oh, I expect to win. But as you said, shot 77, you felt you were trending in the right way. And even that feeling of, oh, I'm playing pretty good, starts to set a little bit of a shadowy expectation somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. yep, yep. Let me ask you a question, if we can use, can we just pivot for a quick second? I want to talk about the word expectation. Sure. Because as I just described, your your practice round, we'll say 77, gave you a feeling that that you should ex- maybe expect good play. But my question, and this is to everyone, is there a difference between having expectations of the day of the round of the tournament and having expectations of oneself? Because I have come to believe recently that, you know, you're a, a good player. I'm a good player. Shouldn't I expect some things of myself? you know, hold myself to a higher standard. And what's wrong with that? Yeah, I, I think they're two different things. When you, when you, I see about holding yourself to, to, to say, a standard, and that could be of, of say, focus on, on process. I think as a good, as a, as a player of a, come to a certain level, part of the reason I'm at a, a, the level I'm at is because I've learned a lot. And I've learned about how to, make good decisions which is a lot of based to me is in the category of process and so I expect that I can stay emotionally grounded so mm-hmm. I make good decisions so I hold myself to that that standard that's a very different thing than oh I shot 77 hey I could contend in this thing and I I cannot deny that I had feelings like, like th- those thoughts would percolate Every once in a while, they jump in my head, and I go, "All right, okay, I hear that. Just just put that back down where it should be." <laughs> That's little, right. In, in Easy the there, fan- big fella. Exactly the little fantasy category, you know. That's, um, and it's not unusual to think. We've talked about that a lot. People think, "Oh, you know, they have these thoughts, or they get upset in the golf course, or it's okay." All of that stuff. It's how you respond. So the expectations is a, a tricky thing to deal with, but. More to me, it's always like, where am I in the moment? Am I am I fully immersed in right now, say, making a good decision, going through my process, being committed to my shot? Well, I, I'm glad you uh, said that because I, I, I think sometimes we, you know, we're both a little bit, you know, weird. in the old, yeah, so weird. <laughs> In the early days of Swing Thoughts, you, you, you would say woo-woo, but we're both a little bit on the spiritual golf in the kingdom side, probably sometimes more than we even let on. But on the other hand... Is that a little, is that a little dry ice behind you? Like, <laughs> I see some mystical stuff. No, that's uh, incense. <laughs> I apologize. I just like to feel a little bit grounded while we're doing this. But having said that, sometimes we, you know, I think we maybe leave, okay, I'll speak for myself. I think I'll leave the impression that there isn't, that that you shouldn't expect to want to compete. And there's a difference. If you want to compete, 
then you have to gear yourself up for competition. And what I mean is, whatever level you're playing at, um, and you get to a short par five, then you should set yourself up for um, to try and do the best you can. For you know, at my level, if it's a short par five, I better be thinking birdie. What happened to you? Now your your picture is gone. Tim? Okay, Tim is, uh, he seems to be gone now. All right, well, I'll tell you what I'll do, uh, Swing Thought people, because I don't feel like editing. <laughs> it's just so lazy. Let me uh, try Tim again. Let me reload Skype. Let me call Tim O'Connor. There we go. Calling Tim O'Connor just hung up on me somehow. Oh, here's the sound. Oh, I love that. Here's the sound of, there's the Skype song. If you've ever used Skype, that's the little song they play. I like it. Oh, come on, Tim. No, Tim. No joy. Well, we'll try him one more time. I don't know what happened there. This is like in the middle of your round. Oh, there we go. Tim O'Connor now texting me. What's he saying? Audio and video suddenly went bad. No, I know. Yeah, it, I it's, know well, it suddenly uh, turned off is what it did. Are you there? Well, there you are. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, everything everything in the world was beautiful. <laughs> it was great. By and the way. The, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. I just kept talking during that entire thing. I, during yeah, I the know. yeah, it's fine though. It's kind, of, it's kind of like when your cell phone fucks up. Uh, hey, I've been talking for five minutes, saying great stuff, and no one's listening. Well, no, um, but I, I kept recording, okay. so we're continuing to record. This is like in the middle of a round when something goes wrong. How do you react to it? Oh, now Tim's audio. Your your Skype's gone completely. Well, we're gonna because we're because we're fine, young man. Uh, I turned off my video. Okay. And we'll just see if that helps. Um, okay. I can't so remember. I'm seeing your smiling face. But, it's okay. Yeah. So you were talking. Well, about, I was talking uh, about the fact that you're responding about the expectations. Yeah. Well, that that the point is when you're in comp competition mode. In fact, I would say when you're in, you know, part of what we what I want to pass on as a as a good player is that you've got to gear up. To play, I mean, you know, it's not just looking out into the horizon and, you know, hoping that magically golf will visit upon you because that's not the way good players play. Good players get up to a drivable par four and they are gearing up for it, you know, or good players get into a situation when you've got a scoring club in your hand and it's not just, yes, it's committing to process, but you've got to be in a mode of, you know, I've got this. And I think that sometimes that's right. missing from what we talk about on the show. You know, not. I mean, we talk about it, but I, I think there's there's an element of competitiveness that I see and I, I display in my the guys. You know, in the competitions I play in, where you'll see people. You know, it's just, it's like you've got to feel like you've got. If you don't feel like you belong there, then you shouldn't be there. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And that was one of the key things for me um, in my first and second rounds of the club C. Is that I felt I belong here. And that that is such a, a, a key thing. Um, 
you know, I, I've heard lots of different players who come on, say, uh, the PGA Tour. I remember Mike Weir, first time he was on uh, the range at the Abbey, and he got a spot beside Nick Price. And he just said the sound of Nick Price's shots was so different. And he just knew that he had a ways to go uh, before he would be, you know, on the PGA Tour or ready. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there, there's a you know we are social animals you know, as as human beings, and you respond to the world the way you you see yourself in that world. So if you don't see yourself as fitting in, uh, you can tell yourself to free it up all you want, but it's not going to be free. No, and that's a great point. And I think we've talked about this on the show. You know, I had been away. So from- it's a it's a really uh, it's a fine line to to ride along. Okay, well, we've been having some technical difficulties. Now both of us are back on Skype. I can see Tim. He can see me. I'm in my studio. He's in his house. And, you know, it's interesting that we're talking about, uh, you know, playing under pressure is basically the the thing about this show is, I mean, if anything, we could probably put in, if it were a book, we'd say swing thoughts in brackets, the spiritual guide to playing under pressure. (laughs) And and I think what we've talked about is, you know, playing in your club championship, or in my case next week, I'm playing in the, for the second year in a row, I'm playing in the Canadian Mid-Amateur Championships in Victoria. Uh, I'm going, I got a, I guess they call it a quota spot. I got invited, and I'm going to uh, Victoria, B.C. And, you know, it's, you know, arguably the biggest tournament I will play all year in terms of it's, you know, national and all this stuff. But one of the reasons I'm intrigued about going again is because last year, you know, I was a little bit freaked out being there, you know? Oh, yeah. I go there and, and now, uh, you know, everyone on the range is as good as you or not, if not better. And there's Garrett Rank and there's, you know, Charles Fitzsimmons and there's all these college kids and you know, you need a little bit of, I mean, tour players talk about this. You need to be in that situation a few times to feel comfortable in it. And if if the club championship is the biggest tournament of your year, then, you know, you need to, you know, you need to play in a few of them. You need to contend in a few of them before you start to feel comfortable doing it. You've got to get, yeah, the feel part is the crucial word that what, what you just said there is you have to go through it because it's the feelings that's going to change. Your body changes. Um, your mind is in a different place. You're just that much more uh, prone to your emotions and your thoughts getting away from you because just everything's just a little, little more heightened. So when you're at that, so when you're in that moment, you know, over the shot, you can you can react. And where I'm going to go with this is that a couple times during the club C, because of things are just a little heightened, a little bit more, probably a little bit more sort of electricity, if you will, running through my body, um, my thoughts being a little bit more, not thoughts, but feelings a little bit more heightened, shall we say. So I had a couple shots which I could tell, like I hit these terrible shots, I could tell I wasn't committed to those shots. Now in a casual round, they wouldn't have resulted in you know straight left into the cabbage, you know maybe a pull or something. But when everything is heightened, it's a little bit more well increases a little bit more tension and that type. Of, so there's it's it's in those subtle differences where it shows up when you're when you're have you've been under the gun, you know how to get how to respond, 
and it's things like your ability to catch yourself when you're committed or not. You know, that's a very good point. But if I may offer this, it's not even in the execution of the shot. And, I, and I've got my, uh, this book I read, I, I, I'm such a nerd. I, I, t- I just bookmarked, <laughs> I, I just took notes all the way through the book on things I thought would apply to our show. And one of the things that he talks about, and I really believe this, because I have played well under pressure the last three years. I've gotten better and better and better. And sometimes now, you know, in a, in a bigger tournament, I might feel heightened uh, those feelings and then in a smaller tournament like a couple days after our club championship I played in a senior tournament and I think I shot one under 70 because nice. I, I went there thinking okay you know I'm I'm one of the guys I felt differently you know and I felt like like I was there as one of the better players and, and you know your, your emotions drive a lot of your activities so I felt bigger and I felt more in control of it right because it didn't it wasn't as big a tournament in my mind but they're all the same and the point is it's not execution i think it's decision making so go back to the shot you hit in the cabbage when you're less un, when you're under less intense pressure you make better decisions so that's our in this particular part i think the takeaway is take more time to make the decision and that decision can lead to better shots that's what i think oh absolutely and, and what I'll cobble onto that is is awareness. So I'll give you give you a perfect example. Um, I'm standing over, so it's on number ten at uh, Blue Springs. One of the toughest holes, I think, in golf. By the way, <laughs> it's just, yeah, exactly. It's a really tough hole. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so to set it up for our listeners, you've got basically like Muskoka Rock on the left. You've got a you got a a pond front right. Um, the show, really, the whole dog legs right, but it actually the the ground goes from right to left, so that's correct. weird. So hitting to this green, I've got this approach. It's about it's about ninety five. Um, no, it's about ninety yards. So I figure with the wind and the greens elevated, that for me that's a nice um, um, uh, sandwich. So about a fifty four degree shot. And so as I'm standing over the ball, I notice the wind kind of goes down a bit so i just i just gripped down a bit and hit my shot and i just hit that fat you know into the just beside the water and i just thought afterwards timmer you didn't back off right you you weren't committed to that shot you just kind of like just thought oh i'll just just grip down make the shaft a little shorter whatever while you're standing over the ball exactly and it's so to me the discernment around tournament and casual golf it is that I didn't have the awareness to to back off and and restart my process. Well, and again, that it, it's a decision. It, it was a um, a mistake of poor decision making, and the decision making wasn't well. Now that the winds come back, let me start again and decide what kind of shot I want to hit. Yeah, but it's it's it, to me it's a so so yeah. You could call it decision making. It's also but like it there wasn't an awareness that. Oh, Timmer, this is when you need to back off. And so it may, we're, I think we're talking about the same thing. But um, that was a that was a that was a notable thing for me because there was a couple other times when um, that happened to me. And it's just a to me, it's about the power of commitment into whatever you do. You know, hit a, if I'm committed to it, uh, my body and everything goes okay. You're you're on board. 
But if the body feels like a little bit uncomfortable, there's like a little extra look, a little other, you know, kind of fiddle with the grip. To, that's that's to me when all the alarm bells are going back the f off. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't know how and many having, and having the the uh, wherewithal to listen to that as opposed to oh never mind I got this. <laughs> well, we've said that so many different times, so many different ways that you know it's the Joe Parent thing. You know, it's the hit the shot anyway. Yeah. And uh, and the thing is, under, you know, different conditions, you know, you go from playing with your buddies on Saturday morning to all of a sudden now it's you're playing with some kids and they're really good. And now it's the club championship and your score is going to go up on a board somewhere and all of that, all of that. And then so those those moments become heightened. And instead of maybe backing off or maybe feeling like you're a little bit looser or whatever, you just tighten up a bit. And, and you know, the word I love about when it comes to tournament plays it all happens very insidiously it all happens very quietly you don't even notice it you think you feel the same but you don't and uh you know i had a really uh i had a really tough stretch there of tournament golf and the rest of my life is fantastic but you know my, oh, my tournament to know. My, to know. yeah my tournament play <laughs> you know i've been uh you know, I, I said this to you know one of my buddies. I said I'm hitting the ball better than I ever have, I, and I really am. I'm hitting a lot. I'm hitting the ball wherever I want, kind of just ball striking, and my short game chipping's been good. But you know, I played the club championship at our course last year. I finished second. This year, I three putted seven times in two rounds, and I missed the cut by one, which was disappointing. But all the while, I hit the ball well. I was making good decisions under pressure. I just couldn't get the ball in the hole. And I, you know, I tried everything. And, you know, I've been working really hard on it. But it just didn't, it wasn't there. And one of the things I, I tried to explain to new girlfriend Rachel is that golf is a series of peaks and valleys. And we all can relate to this. And sometimes when you're in the valley, as Tom Watson said, you have to just be patient. It's coming back to you. It, it'll be there some point. You just have to not freak out while you're waiting for it. And sure enough, you know, uh, you know, uh, if you give it enough time, you, you know, I'm a decent putter. Yeah, I went to TaylorMade. They made me a new putter. But it, it just you just can't force it. And I guess I was pushing it a little bit. And, you know, I just, I just didn't putt very well. That doesn't mean I'm not a good putter. It's just that you have stretches when, you know, certain parts of your game are off. It's just the way it is. Absolutely. You know, one thing, one thing I want to mention. Um, so you've mentioned the girlfriend about six months now. When do you take the new off? Uh, <laughs> she's just, maybe she's after. She's now. not. I think she's, she's just girlfriend now. Isn't no, she? no, no. I, well, I, on, the, on the Humble and Fred show, I call her girlfriend Rachel because it's a long story. Anyway, but uh, yeah, it's been nine months. Uh, she's less new. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she's uh, less new girlfriend Rachel. Well, well, so the prism of, uh, of how we look at the world is such a key part of this show. I thought, you know what? I just need to address this. Absolutely. Um, but I had a friend. So I refer to a conversation I had with a friend the other night. And so he's got some, re some really exciting things going on in his life. But he kind of has to put them on hold every once in a while, you know, while he makes his living doing, you know, kind of irregular regular things. He says, how do I keep myself just kind of in this calm state and not constantly, you know, yearning. And I said, well, it's kind of like the Buddhists say, it's craving is suffering. And so when parts of our golf game are not where we want them to be, the harder we push, 
the more we wish, the more we try and recreate past magic, I think that's when, in essence, we put ourselves in a place of, of suffering, um, which more, you know, to bring it down to earth a bit, that's when we struggle because we're trying so damn hard. Absolutely. As opposed to just, you know, it'll come back. I mean, like, look at Rory, Rory McIlroy. You know, over the years, his putting up and down, and it comes and it goes, and there's no magic. It just it comes and it goes, and sometimes there's just a little awareness that you get that you didn't have before, and that that can be just a variable that makes a big difference. Well, and, and, and absolutely. The thing is, uh, just like in our golf swings, you know, just like in anything else to do with this ridiculous game, you know, if I watched you swing and you said, gee, I'm, I'm hitting everything, and I'm Tim, I've mentioned, you know, Tim's got a, a great... The, the basics of Tim's swing are very, very good. But if all of a sudden you said, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm blocking everything right. I might look at you and say, you know what, Timmy? It could be, it, and this is the funny thing is, this could not be true. But if I said, why don't you push your ball forward half an inch? And just the activity of doing that, all of a sudden, oh, man, I'm striping it. But in actual fact, who knows if that's even the case, but it just takes your mind away. Right. From worrying about this particular thing. In my case, with my putting, you know, I, there was a, a fundamental thing I was doing wrong. It doesn't matter what it is, but I, you know, I'd gotten into a bad habit that was not allowing me to release the putter. And then my feels were gone. And all of a sudden, I got a fundamental, you know, reorg. And now, oh, oh my, my feel is back. But while I was in competition this summer and I wasn't putting very well, what what can you do? I mean, it's frustrating. You played with me one night when I just kept lipping putts out and I finally sort of gave into it and went, well, you know, that's what's going on right now. I got to hit more. I hit 13 greens in the second round of the club championship and I think I shot 76 or 77 with four three putts. Wow. It was gross. But... I did try in every shot, and then I left the yeah. course thinking, well, that's disappointing, but I never gave up. I tried all the way around. Your ball striking is just you, – you, your ball striking just, to me, in this year is at a, at a, a different level. I mean, you just like – just like, it's like an automatic. But it, it's kind of like Johnny Miller says, you know, there's days in which you, uh, you know, drive it well, iron's not as good, putting okay, or, yeah. you know, the three of them – uh, are, are in different levels. And when all three are going, you win the U.S. Open. But, <laughs> That's right. But it, to me, so much of where the struggles are is, in essence, in, you know, people have heard me talk about this stuff in many different ways. In essence, just how we get in our own way. Yeah. And it's the, the thinking part. So one of the things that I would invite our Swing Thought listeners to try, uh, particularly when it comes around to putting, you know, rather than standing there, uh, trying to accelerate putt head, keep my head still, you know, right wrist hinge, all that stuff. Do this. Get in a conversation with someone and keep putting. So you just putt and so you're thinking about the conversation. And you might be amazed at how well you can putt while you're having a very earnest and involved conversation. Absolutely. So, so what it is is basically what – and I do this with so many of my different clients is – in essence, what we practice is distraction. Just get someone distracted from the thinking, the wanting, the the focus on outcome. Did it go in? Did I put a good stroke on it? And just let your body do it. And it's amazing how, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to do it perfectly and you may be in a trough of a couple of weeks that doesn't go so. But eventually, 
your body, this magnificent machine, product of millions of years of evolution, it'll figure it the F out. And it's just kind of waiting for it sometimes is this part of the struggle of this darn game. Well, that's what it's been like for me. In one of the moments here during the show uh, when you were gone, I'm not sure if you heard me say that, you know, I'm playing in the uh, the Canadian Mid-Am uh, next week, and I'm excited about it for a couple of reasons. Because I, and just like your 77, late, the, you know, the last few rounds of golf, I haven't shot over 75, and I've been, you know, playing pretty well, and... You know, I'm I'm my ball striking is the same. My putting starting to come around. So I've got all this excitement and my expectations are rising. And also I have some expectations around. Well, I've been here before and the golf course is short. Victoria Golf Club, by the way, if, if you uh, haven't, it's magnificent. It's this beautiful on the ocean kind of pebble beach feel. But it's, the only wow. thing is it's only sixty one hundred yards. <laughs> Pardon Holy me, which cow. I which I know is is strange for a mid am, but they it's it's a short little golf course. So all these kids I play against, you know, that hit it sixty by me off the tee, it won't matter because we're all going to be laying up right. on these yeah. on these short par fours. So I feel like okay, that takes some of the sixty nine hundred yards, um, you know, sixty nine hundred yard aspect out of it. So the the point I'm, I'm saying is I have to temper my expectations. Because I have a, I'm because I'm trending in the other way right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you you going in? So you're going in thinking? Well, I, that's a great place to be. I mean, revel in that. You know, um, that's a lot of really good stuff. You know, uh, and, and what I'll what I'll uh, take from that and I'll reflect on is that. So even though I was playing with the kids on Sunday. And as one of my players on the Guelph golf team said, hey, coach, you can plant a strip mall between your ball and his. Uh, <laughs> I love that. But um, course management-wise, I was watching them. Uh, and, um, yeah, Wes and, and Josh, love you. But you guys have so much to learn about course management and <laughs> decisions making. So, yeah, they're killing it by me. But – the decisions that they're making are just not the greatest. And so, you know, I was able to compete with, I beat them a couple rounds and even though they can hit it so far by me. So I kind of have some confidence that, yeah, they can kill it past me, but you know what? The wily veteran knows what to do. And so there's a comfort level there. So, I can if you got that going going into uh, the mid M at Victoria, particularly at sixty one hundred yards, that's a great that's, that's a great place to be. Because you know, really, the more comfortable we feel, uh, you know that that translates into confidence. You know, and yes, you have to buffer expectations, right? But yeah, revel in that. So we've been talking about Francesco Molinari. I read an article on CNN about uh, the guy that he works with, and he, the guy he works with is a guy named Dave Allred, who is this world famous apparently cricket and soccer coach who transitioned to golf and he wrote this book about <clears throat> excuse me all sports and 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 in fact uh, you know working in and in, in the real world and sports it's called the pressure principle but one of the things he does with Molinari and there was an interesting thing on the morning of the open championship Molinari has these drills and what Allred has done is he's put all the drills that Molinari does day to day and on tournament days are actually tougher than playing in the tournament. And he calls that match pressure. 
<clears throat> so he has three stages of training. It's training, re- repair, training, and match. But one of the things I'll leave you with is what he does, and I'm just reading this, is he, he, he trains athletes to expect the unexpected, and he calls it dislocation training. And what he does is he, he has his players, whether it's cricket, soccer, or golf, or whatever it is, to put them in an environment in practice, and he uses it. He says he makes the practice more uncomfortable. So, an example would be if if you're not a very good bunker player. Just this, it won't be a great example, but he would have you practice the shots that make you the most uncomfortable in and make it really uncomfortable. Like, you know, you've got to get, you know, in Molinari's case, he makes him sink, you know, eight five footers before he can leave the putting green to go play. Or if you're a bad bunker player, let's say or you're, that's a problem for you, you've got to get it up and down four times out of ten before you can leave. And and so on. And his whole point is, you know, he got this from training with some Marines where you're always in situations. They, you're always dislocated. And that's, I, I would say, we could talk about it more, but we're going to lose our Skype connection. But the big takeaway is, if you want to be better under pressure, you better put yourself under pressure when you train. Absolutely. That's that. We've talked about that a few times in the last few shows. That's uh, transfer training. And I love that piece that expect the unexpected. And that's that's what really when, when people want to play well in tournaments, club C's, that's what knocks them off the rails is that they suddenly, uh, you know, this has happened. I've made a seven. Well, you got to expect that you're going to maybe make a seven or something like that. And just quickly, that's a key. I remember learning that from Carl Morris around that whole piece of make, make your practice harder than you play. And the greatest example, he had that of, uh, forget the fellow's name, but he was like the legend of, of cricket. And he would practice with a, a cricket stump, which is a, you know, a curved bat. Instead of the, the cricket ball, he would practice against a brick wall with a golf ball. So it would come back really fast against a burden be sort of irregular. So he made his practice harder than the actual game, and that's part of the reason why this fellow was the off-the-charts um, you know, cricket master. Well, and, and before we lose you again, because I can hear the audio starting to garble, uh, Tim O'Connor at O'ConnorGolf.ca. You're uh, always uh, writing some cool stuff on your zine. How else do people get a hold of you? My website, O'ConnorGolf.ca. If you want to send me an email, Tim at O'ConnorGolf.ca, whatever. <laughs> Listen to you and I. This is like this is like a, this is like a swing thoughts version of shooting ninety three. Yeah, exactly. It's so, okay. We're still we're, we're, yeah yeah. We're I'm, still I'm good to boys. Head up. Trying to keep my head up. I'm looking at the horizon. <laughs> It'll all be fine. We'll work it out. Okay, well, listen, wish me luck next week. All the best to everybody. This program brought to you by TaylorMade and Adidas. And uh, by the way, all new uh, Humble and Fred shows coming to a new location on the 4th of September. Go to HumbleandFredRadio.com for details. Thanks, Timmy. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Thanks for putting up with this. (laughs) Bye. Bye.